The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. This morning, I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew. I want to go back to where we were last week and hopefully finish up where <clears throat> what I started. In Matthew, chapter 6, and today we're going to read verse 8, and I'm also going to read verses 31 through 33. Here in Matthew, chapter 6, Jesus is teaching his famous Sermon on the Mount. And he says some powerful things during this sermon. And he also provides some powerful teaching. And the things he said and the things he taught, they're really for us. And so our task today is to line up to what God is saying to us and be doers of the word, not hearers only. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 8, Jesus says, Therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask. How many knew that? That will inform the way you, you should pray. So you don't have to pray in desperation. You don't have to beg God for anything. He already knows the things you have need of before you ask. And so asking is just a privilege. It's just a blessing to be able to talk to God and to fellowship with God because he already knows all about it. Now, verse 31 Therefore, do not worry. Why are you worried if God already knows about it? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? After all these things, the Gentiles seek. In other words, after all these things, unbelievers seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. How many believe that? What is the Lord saying to us? The Lord has said to us, we got to put first things first. This is the way you want to live your life. This is the way you want to order your life. You want to live a value-based life by ordering your life to put first things first. So here we see in parts of this sermon here that Jesus taught us if we put God first, then he would guarantee to meet all of our needs. I'm a living witness of that. 
But here's the reality. Even though we have these promises, it is easy to lose sight of what should have first importance in our lives, especially when we're going through stuff. You know, like when we're living from hand to mouth, living from paycheck to paycheck. And even those of you at jobs, you go through this month after month, you always have more month than money. And you get tired of that. Then you start juggling your obligations. You know, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul, just juggling your bills. So how many ever been there where you had that many bills that you couldn't pay them all at one time? So, you know, you got to space them out and separate them and, and say, oh, this, this will be for next payday, for the next check. You know, I heard my mentor share a story one time, and my late mentor, God rest his soul, that there was a time in his life he had so many bills, he didn't know what to do. So what he did, he said, I just put them all in a hat. And I threw the bills up in the air. And the ones that landed in the hat, those are the ones I paid. And he said, when the bill collector would call and say, Reverend Garland, we haven't received your payment. He says, well, well your bill wasn't even in the hat. Now, that's, that's sort of hilarious, but that's the way people live. Living be, beyond our means. Having more obligations than we have resources to support those obligations. Huh? And so what we're dealing with, we're dealing with, in life, you're dealing with people. You got people in your life. You got money issues. Then there's material things. Then you have personal desires. You have goals. You, you say, oh, I like to do this. I like to go on vacation. I like to buy this at a certain time. We have all these things competing for priority in our lives. And maybe you don't recognize it. But even your, your friends, your surround, the people that surround you, they're all competing for priority in your life. And that's why you got to learn to put first things first. Do you hear what I'm saying? You see, all these things can bump God out of first place. And you never want to bump God out of first place. But God will be bumped out of first place if you don't actively, as an act of your will, choose to make him first in every area of your life. So what does it mean to put God first? I'm talking about putting first things first. What does it mean to put God first? Sounds good. Perhaps some of you have said that. But what does it mean to put God first? And I think I told you this last week, the word first itself. Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then he says, all these things, all these things will be added unto you. So first, obviously, is a, is a word or a number of priority. 
So the word actually first, when you look it up in the Greek text, the word first means to be first in time, first in place, first in importance, and first in order. Is God first in time in your life? Now, these are some things I just want you to think about. This is not to shame you or to condemn you, but these are things you need to get some deep thought about. Is God first in time in your life? Do you give God any time? Do you give him enough time? You know, my wife and I, we came out of a church or a discipline where they were, <clears throat> they were in error teaching that you ought to give God two minutes, I'm sorry, two hours and 40 minutes every day because you should be tithing on your 24 hours in a day. And see, we all have the same amount of time. Every one of us have 24 hours in a day and we have 168 hours in a week. So we all have the same amount of time. So nobody has more time than somebody else. And how many times you've been talking to a friend or, or even talking to somebody in your family and you say, well, did you get this done or get the other done? And they say, well, I haven't had time. No, the truth is they didn't make time. It's a big difference from having time and making time. We all have time. Let me say it again. We all have time. You didn't make time to do it. Don't tell me you didn't have time. You had the time because God gave it to you. Now, God gave, gave all of us 24 hours in a day. But some people have taught in error that you ought to give him in return a tithe on that 24-hour day, which is two hours, 40 minutes. Now, here's the problem I got with that. If I give God two hours and 40 minutes a day, does that mean the other 21 hours and 20 minutes I can do what I want without God. See, that's the problem with that kind of teaching. You see, I don't want to give God two hours and 40 minutes a day. I want God to have the other 21 hours and 20 minutes. I want God to be in the center of everything I do. You see? And you don't, you, you ought not to get in bondage like that because you got a job. And the person preaching, you ought to give God two hours and 40 minutes a day. They ain't got no job. See, they can sit at home for two hours and 40 minutes, reading their Bible, whatever they do. Then they want to put you in bondage because you didn't do that. But you got a job. The point is this. How can you tithe your time to God when the tithe belongs to God? But all your time belongs to God. All your time belongs to God. God can just snap his finger and you stop breathing. So you just want to give him a piece of your day? You want to live with the consciousness of the presence of God every awakening moment in your life. Everything is about God and his goodness. Is that right? To put God first in time has to do with your relationship. It's all relational. It's not just my prayer. It's just not my Bible reading. But it's when I'm taking a shower, when I'm standing from before the mirror, shaving, when I'm riding in my car, 
when I'm walking out of my house, when I'm walking into a store, wherever I am, it's all about God. Go rid of God. You're just going to give him two hours and 40 minutes. And, and the rest of it is yours. It doesn't work that way. God wants it all. Amen? But God has to be first and first in place. Is God the final? Is God the first authority and final authority in your life? Do you acknowledge God in all your ways? Do you come before God and say, Father, what are you saying to me? Do you give him that place where he's your first priority? In other words, he's the first one you consider. He's the first one you talk to. And he's your, is he your first and final authority? Too many of you want to talk to somebody else when you have a need or when you're having a problem. And then if you don't like what they said, then you consider talking to God about it. When God already knew the things you had need of before you asked. You got to give God first place. What about first place and importance? How important is God in your life? You know, everybody say they love God or they're Christian. Everybody say that for the most part in this country. But how important is God in your life? You, you know, one of the best metrics for me it, to demonstrate how important God is in my life is to take a look at my checkbook register or my bank account statement. What does that information connote? What, I mean, what does it say? <laughs> Chick-fil-A, Burger King, McDonald's. Huh? DoorDash? Food Grub? Oh, Nike. But where are the line items to say that God is important in your life? Where are those line items? You got to get your life in order. And if your life is in order, it's out of order. You are spiritually and emotionally out of order. And this is why Jesus taught that. You got to live your life from the vantage point that God knows all about it. You got to live your life from the vantage point that I do not have to worry about this, that, and the other for my heavenly father knows the things that I have need of. And I'm not to live my life like the Gentiles do, but I am to seek him first and his kingdom, and his righteousness. And then he promised, all those things will be added unto you. You know, when your priorities is in order, it ought to look something like this. You know, God ought to be number one in your life. Did you hear what I said? Not church. Don't confuse that. Huh? See, a lot of people think when you come to church, you're putting God first. No, coming to church ought to be the outgrow of you putting God first. But it's not definitive that God is first in your life. You see, we get that confused. When you say God is first in your life, then God is 
you're all in all. In church, outside of church, and in between church, God is your all in all. And this is why it, it doesn't make sense to talk about tithing your time back to God. He should be all in all. Amen? So God ought to be number one in your life. And when God is number one in your life, you talk to God. You'll even take some time to read his word because God and his word are one. Huh? You live with that consciousness of God, as I talked about earlier, that God is always present with you. You live from a vantage point is that I'm never left alone. Goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life because God's number one in my life. You live with the mentality that there's nowhere you can go that God isn't. There's nothing you can do that God doesn't see because God's number one in my life. And your second priority ought to be yourself, you. You ought to be number two. Because you got to learn how to take care of yourself. You got to learn how to love your neighbor as yourself. And you don't love your neighbor, you can, if you don't love your neighbor as yourself, then how can you actually love your neighbor? Jesus taught that we should love God and love our neighbor as ourselves, which means we have to start with self care, self love. It's important to take breaks. Even Jesus said to his disciples, come aside. He says, come apart and come aside and let us. Self-care is important. Now, someone asked me this, and I know who asked me this uh, some years ago. They want to know why I worked out so much. I exercise between five and six times, five or six mornings a week. And then I was in the gym three days over and above that. Then when the pandemic hit, I kept exercising those five to six days a week in the morning. You know, don't strength build the exercises. But now I'm walking four miles every day, Monday through Friday, weather permitting. And people ask me, why I do that? Why do I do that? Because I got to take care of myself so I have something to give. I know God is number one in my life. And if I'm going to believe that I'm number two, then I got to care for myself so I have something to give. You can only give what you have. And if you don't have much, you can't give much. If you broke down, come on, you're discouraged, you're depressed. My God, how can you minister to somebody else? Then my third priority is my wife and my children. And how can I be the best husband to my wife if I haven't been the best to myself? And if I haven't been the best to myself, that means I'm giving my wife something less than the best. It's important, parents. It's important to be at your children's functions. It's important to be at the athletic events, the culture events, or whatever, and they're involved in the arts. Whatever your kids are, whatever your kids are involved in, it's important to be there to support them. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? I remember today, parents didn't go to the kids' football and basketball games, baseball games, because they had to be in church. No, if your child got a game, the church don't come first. 
If you stay with me, you'll understand what I'm saying because the church is not that top priority. You put first things first. Your first priority is God. Your second priority is yourself. Your third priority is your, your wife, your family, if you're married. And you got to be there to support your children. Then your third priority, your fourth priority, thank you, is your job and your career. Then church comes after that. Ministry comes after that. Now you understand why your kids don't want to come to church because you didn't want to come to their game. You didn't want to come to their game. And you can't understand why they don't want to come to church. Now, my kids, we have five kids. All my kids were involved in athletics. And when the girls stopped being involved in athletics, they got into cheerleading. But Joyce and I was at every game. Joyce and I was at every game. And even when my youngest son played football, he played football up in Virginia. Joyce and I was on the road every Friday headed to a destination in Virginia to watch him play. And when I had a guest speaker in the church for some special event, that guest speaker understood, you're going to be riding to, uh, with us to Virginia. You're going to be riding with us to Virginia because, see, it wasn't an excuse, well, you can't go to Virginia because you got a, you got a guest speaker in town. No. Guest speaker don't come before my family. Guest speaker don't come before my family. And, and so after God is number one, you're number two, your wife and your family is number three, your job and career is number four. And why is your job and career number four? Because you, the assumption is you use your job and career to support your family. Then ministry comes. So many ministers out of order. They're out there telling folks how to live, and their house is all broke down. You're out there telling folks how, how, how they ought to do in their marriage, and your marriage messed up. How you going to tell me about marriage, and you, you're a serial marrier? And why are you a serial marrier? It's because some way along the line, you got something out of order. And God wants you to get emotionally and spiritually in order. And so then the other things come after that. Now, here's what I learned about. I'm, I'm trying to rush here. But here's the thing I learned about priorities. When you put first things first, then the second things have a way of taking care of themselves. The third things, the fourth things, huh? the fifth things. They all cascade down to support the other. God is not the author of confusion. Is that right? It's like, it's like I told you, it's this simple. It's like I heard the old preacher preach many years ago from this text. And he said, I'm taking my subject. When God says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you, he says, I want to use for a topic, you make the main things the main things. It's that simple. Make the main things the main things. Hmm? I remember when my daughter, Janelle, my mother called her Georgia Peach. I remember when Janelle didn't have children, she was like, she seemed like she was at this church 24-7. Then after Jaden was born and, and Jaden got to the place where he can 
pretty much do what he want to do. He didn't even help me out around the church. She was living in Charlotte at one time. And you know this woman would take the train. She would take a train to come to Raleigh every weekend. A lot of you didn't know that. You thought she was living here in Raleigh. No. But see, ministry was that important to her. Now that all her kids are at an age now where they're all involved in sports and school activities, and they're counting on mommy to be there to support them, you ain't going to see her much around here no more. Rightfully so, because she's putting first things first. And guess what? The church hasn't suffered. The church won't suffer. It's a lot of stuff you do in the name of whatever you, you want to name it, but you're just out of order. And when you're trusting God, he places everything in order. He does all things well. It's like these deacons in this church. We've got some good deacons in this church. But I don't expect these deacons to be up here doing something from the church when their wives need them to do something for them. You don't put the church between you and your marriage. The church can wait. And guess what? If you take if you take care of business in your marriage, we're going to be a better church. Let me move on with this. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, what does that mean? Here's where we got to understand something here. If we're going to put God first, seek God, his kingdom and his righteousness, then we need to understand that requires faith. Requires faith on your part. It also requires a belief that God knows all about me. He made me. He has a plan and purpose for my life, and I can trust him. It also requires your belief that when I put God first, he's going to reward me. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. And those that come to him must believe that he is God. Must believe that he is God. That's faith. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. In other words, seek God, his kingdom, and his righteousness, that he will reward you. And you're able to do that because you believe by faith God is here. You believe that God exists. You believe that God is real. And so then because you believe that he is, you know that he's going to reward you if you diligently seek him. Then you believe that God knows about me. He knows my, the plan and purpose of my life. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, God says, I know the thoughts that I think of you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. In other words, I have plans to prosper you and not harm you. To give you an expected end. Then the Lord goes on to say, then because you believe that, you will call on me. And you will go and pray unto me. And God says, and I will listen to you. And if you seek me, listen to me, and if you seek me, you shall find me if you seek me. You search for me with all your heart. 
Man, that's trust. Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.